Hi, welcome to Office Hours, a podcast presented by College Fashionista. It's Amy Levine Klein here. This month's episode was with social media star and senior fashion market editor of Refinery29, Alyssa Coscarelli. Alyssa is a real standout individual in the industry. Within minutes of talking to her, you can tell her dedication and passion for her work. I love her energy and can't wait for you all to listen to this episode. It's one of my favorites. So I'm here with Alyssa Coscarelli. Hi, how's it going? Good. It's a disgusting day in New York. I'm not sure why. It's, it's March. a sick joke. I'm so over this weather. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but we're excited. We're cozy inside and yes. we're excited to chat. It's March for our students. They're getting back from spring break and it's like home stretch till mm-hmm. graduation, till summer kickoff. Oh, I remember that feeling. So close yet so far. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, there's just a lot on our students' plates and careers are obviously very top of mind and you are an absolute favorite of our community. Thank you. So I'm excited to pick your brain about how you got to where you are. Yeah, let's do it. Let's take it back to your college days. Where did you go to school and what did you study? So I went to LIM College. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar with it, LIM stands for the Laboratory Institute of Merchandising. So that is what I studied. I majored in fashion merchandising, and it's a private college here in New York City in Midtown Manhattan. There's not really a campus per se. It's really just like like four buildings kind of spread out throughout Midtown. So really, it was not the typical college experience at all. I remember, you know, going there and looking on my phone on Facebook and seeing all my friends at their first like football games and rushing for sororities. And I didn't have any of that. So on one hand, I think I kind of had a FOMO about, you know, those aspects of the college experience. But at the same time, now looking back, I definitely wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, you were able to be in the hustle and bustle of you know, such a fashion-centric city. Exactly. And that's really why I chose that college because of all the opportunities here in New York in the fashion industry. And so I tried my best to take advantage of them. When you were entering college, did you know you wanted to be in fashion? I did, yeah. And I think, you know, I knew I wanted to be in fashion from a really young age. I was that little girl, like, trying on outfits and putting on fashion shows for my family and changing my clothes five times a day. And there was definitely something there early on. Yeah, but I think I just, I didn't have a full understanding of the industry, you know, when I was in middle and early high school. So... I think it kind of had to be worked out. But luckily, I had that basis. I was like, you know, fashion is what I want to do. And LIM actually has a program where you can come when you're still in high school. I think I was a junior or a senior. And you can kind of come visit, stay for a week, stay in the dorms. I stayed in the dorms with my mom for a week. Yes. Um, And (laughs) yeah, kind of take some little sample courses and that kind of thing. So that's That's what really clarified the decision for me. So once you were at LIM, And you started your courses. Like, how did you determine that you wanted to be a fashion editor and that was the route you were looking to take? Yeah, I really didn't even know specifically that I would be following this editor path until probably my senior year when I started at Refinery. That's interesting. Um, I really just wasn't aware of the editorial path or the market editor path specifically being an option until I started working at Refinery. And it's funny because I always liked writing and that was always kind of my strong subject. I was the one who would never complain if there was like an essay test because I'd be like, yes, I can write my way out of anything. (laughs) So that was always there and the fashion interest was always there. But for whatever reason, I just never put two and two together. And I did work for my college magazine. So that definitely was like the start of it. Once I landed the editorial internship at Refinery, that's when I was like, oh, this is totally what I need to be doing. Do you think that 
having that editorial experience at your student magazine allowed you to get your internship at Refinery29? Definitely. I'm so thankful now looking back that I had that because that was really what I had to show for myself as far as writing goes. And I think, you know, we're so busy in college working on projects and essays, but it's also important to kind of factor in like, what do I have to show for myself outside of just, you know, my college essays as far as writing goes, whether yeah. that's a personal blog or that's work for a school magazine, it's really important to have, you know, those little samples of your writing and your voice outside of just academics. Yeah, absolutely. And especially probably you were writing fashion stories. So it was very exactly. applicable for Refinery to see like, oh, I like her voice or she understands this. Exactly. And I think at that point, too, I did have the start of whatever my Instagram is now. I did, you know, show Superstar. my fashion interest. <laughs> I did show my fashion interest on Instagram, I think, even way back when. So I think that combined with those writing samples that I had definitely gave me the upper hand. That makes complete sense. How do you recommend students who aren't based at college in New York City seek out internship opportunities and make connections with brands that they potentially Mm -hmm. want to intern or work for? There's so many different routes to do that nowadays. Um, First and foremost, like, if you're like me and you know deep down in your heart that New York's where you have to be, like, find a way to get there. Work five jobs, save up all your money, (laughs) convince your parents, like, do what you have to do. I really do think, you know, even though... The fashion industry is kind of not just limited to the typical fashion capitals anymore. I still think New York's the place to be, so I will say that. But outside of that, I would say definitely go to the events in your local area that have to do with your industry, whether that's another blogger holding a meetup or a brand having an event in store. Definitely put yourself out there in the network wherever you are, no matter what city it is or a small town. Um, and also, you know, take advantage of social media. I talk to people on my DMs every single yeah, day. So I try to answer that. as many as I can. And so yeah. if you can form a really thoughtful message on social media, I think sometimes that's worth a try too. I completely agree. I've talked about this in previous episodes, but mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of cold emailing. Yeah. But now I feel like I've transitioned to cold DMing. Yeah, exactly. Just because People are almost on their social accounts more than their email. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, you have nothing to lose. But I I also, I love your point about getting sample work while you're in college. And that's something that every college student can do no matter what school they go to. Exactly. Even if it's not your major. Yeah, every school has a student newspaper Mm -hmm. or has some club affiliated with writing or photography, whatever it may be. And so while it might be... It might not be the most glamorous publication. Just to start developing your voice yeah, is so sure. important and to have a sample because, you know, Refinery and College Hessians and all these organizations get inundated with resumes, oh, but yeah. it's really the samples and something that you can directly say, okay, they get it, and this is why I want them in this position Completely. that seals like, the deal. When we're interviewing people, if they have writing samples, whether on a- other publications or, you know, something they include in their application, that totally sets them apart. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so once you get into the industry, how do you how do you navigate it? Like how have you moved up along the way? Wow, it's gone by so fast, but at the same time, it's been it's definitely been a journey. I think first and foremost, just putting in the work. Like that may be an oversimplistic answer, but I was never chasing money. I was never chasing like quasi-fame. I was never chasing a certain title. I think I just really cared about the work I was doing and still do and felt passionate about it and put that into the work. And I think that shows for itself. And that's something luckily my parents always instilled in me. It was like, do the hard work, do what you love and the rest will follow. And even though it can sound cliche, I think it really is true, especially with my experience over the past few years in New York, 
obviously it's so oversaturated and a lot of people are vying for those same, you know, seats at a fashion show, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's competitive, but take that competitive edge and apply it in a way that you're producing work you're proud of and people will take notice. Yeah. Hard work is hard work. It is what it is. It is. You got to put in, put in the work, put in the time. It's always surprising to me when I see people in jobs or internships that slack off because it it's frustrating because it's like don't be there if you don't want to be there exactly. if you don't want to put in the time or if you don't care about what you're doing because yeah. it brings everyone else down. We just talked about um, graduation timing and kind mm-hmm. of our main pieces of advice for students. And my main advice when I thought about it, and I've given out so much advice over the years, yeah. but it's like have infectious energy because that's what people are drawn towards and people want to work in that environment. And I think that if you are connected to what you're doing and you want to work hard and you have that energy, mm-hmm. like it stands out because it's so insane exactly. how many people don't have that. And I think unfortunately our generation has gotten this kind of bad reputation for this like sense of entitlement. Yeah. And I have seen it firsthand with some of our interns and some of our, you know, lower people at work. And I just kind of think like Prove that stereotype wrong. Yeah. Just show up with a smile, do the work, and you'll go much further. I agree with you. What tools do you use on a regular basis as a digital editor? So day-to-day, Gmail is my lifeblood. I'm living on my email day in and day out. But aside from that, I also spend a lot of time on our CMS, um, which is a content management system. So Refinery29 has a custom CMS, which is the back end where we, you know, where we write our stories, put in the headline, put in that SEO search optimization information. We also use Slack to communicate as a team um, just throughout the day. And we also use a platform called Asana to manage our content calendar. I think Slack and Asana are two that I've noticed our entry-level hires Mm -hmm. aren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. And they quickly, you know, get updated on those systems because they're almost used at every fashion organization now, or at least the new ones. So I feel like for our listeners, you know, if you can educate Mm -hmm. yourself on Slack and Asana and just understand the basic functionality, because they totally come into play in your workflow and and they they make your life so much easier and more efficient. For sure. And I think just being able to roll with the punches as far as these new kind of tools that come out. I remember when Asana was first introduced at Refinery and we were like, oh, what is this? We just want to use our spreadsheets, like stop trying to teach us this new (laughs) thing. But really, like we're so thankful for it now that we're all onboarded on it and we know how to use it. It's been a lifesaver. So just be open to those new tools for sure. When you are interviewing interns, what do you look for in candidates? Ooh, this is such a good question. First and foremost, I think something not a lot of people talk about is that I definitely kind of try to read in the first five minutes of an interview is, is this person on brand for the role, for the company, for the for the brand that we're working at or trying to hire for? I think that's really important. Sure, don't judge a book by its cover, but at the same time, kind of do. <laughs> so, you know, I look no, at your how that person— is yeah, usually right. How I react to that person in the first five minutes, I think, really dictates a lot from there. Anyway, so from there, I think making sure the person is on brand, but also talking to them about their relevant work experience and making sure that they've done their research, I think is the most important thing. So many people come in for interviews at Refinery29 who you can tell have like maybe opened the website one or two times and just like they have a general understanding of what we are and what we stand for, but you can tell they're not up to speed on like current initiatives or, you know, they can't really pull any specific examples of what they've loved on the site or any of our platforms recently. And I just really appreciate when someone's done the work and can bring up some specific examples. Yeah, because 
whether you're hiring an intern or a first-time employer or kind of any employee, you're investing in them. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure they're invested in you before you make that investment in them. And I think that's just great advice and something yeah. that's so simple and easy to prepare prior to an interview. Staying at the same company for four years is pretty atypical for people straight out of college. What are some benefits you've experienced by doing this? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm, I never thought I would be at a company for this long. It's funny that four years is a long time now, coming from, you know, like our parents <laughs> no, would be like at companies for years. like 20, 30, 40 years. Um, now four years feels like a long time in our field. But benefits of that, I think I really feel comfortable in my role and therefore can experiment a little bit and kind of make my own job, if that makes sense. Kind of like over the years and working at a company like Refinery who really tries to foster all sides of their talent, I've been able to kind of make my role into what it is. And I think that's an advantage that comes with staying somewhere a long time is you're not just boxed in anymore. I think once people realize your talents and your strengths, they're open to whatever you want your role to be or hopefully, you know, a good employer is. Yeah. So I think that's one of the big benefits of staying somewhere. For well, you prove your time. credibility. Exactly. You prove yourself and you're comfortable there and the people know you and know your work and what you stand for. So I think you have a little bit of freedom from there. I completely agree with that. You know, I think we're all kind of always looking at other opportunities, and we almost all love change, our generation. Mm-hmm. But there is so much value in sticking through something and really absolutely just developing with the brand and developing as a person. And something yeah. I think is so amazing about you, and I feel like this is only come because you've been there for four years, is that you've almost developed your own brand within Refinery29. Exactly. You know, and I think that that's just fantastic. Thank you. So through Refinery29 and social media, you've created quite a network of other young, talented, influential women in the industry. How important has that network been to you on a personal and professional level? Oh, my gosh. On both levels, personal and professional, my network is everything to me. And, you know, the prime example is the fact that my very best friend is actually the young woman who hired me to Refinery29 way back when. So her name's Lauren. She was my boss at the time. It was a very professional relationship at first. Um, Eventually, a year or two later, she moved on. And it was actually once she left Refinery that we kind of had that realization, wait, we want to be friends. We want to get coffee. We want to hang out. Um, Now that you're not my boss anymore, we can just be friends. Yeah. Um, And even when you are still working with someone, I think there's like a friendship level that you can explore there. So I think there's been a lot of overlap in my two networks, both personal and professional. And I think that works to my advantage in a way. I mean, networking and having a you know, great community is is so important. I feel like that's how I learn about the industry and mm-hmm. learn about the challenges in it and mm-hmm. also what other brands and people are doing well at their company and then how I can implement that into College Fashionista. And it's like that only comes through human interaction. For sure. Um, and, yeah, I think that's like your, your network is fantastic. Has there been anyone in particular that's really been influential in your career? I mean, again, back to my friend Lauren Crusoe, she's really been my go-to mentor. She is quite a handful of years older than me, so she's definitely who I'm G-chatting with a work question or a career question. I think it's so important to find that mentor slash friend that can be, you know, you guys can have fun and get brunch and go shopping, but you can also get serious and have a real career-related conversation with them, too. It's so important. Okay, let's switch gears. We're just coming off of Fashion Month, and you are obviously at a lot of shows, and we loved following your street style looks. What do you think is the biggest value that you get out of attending Fashion Week shows and events? 
It's interesting because I think Fashion Week doesn't carry the same purpose or meaning as it once did. All the shows are available online. I could just sit back at my computer and watch the whole thing unfold on the internet if I wanted to. But I think being out there, A, is a great networking opportunity. Just meeting other women in the space, whether even from the U.S. or outside of the U.S., you know, Fashion Week brings in a lot of people from all different walks of the industry and all different parts of the world. So being at those events and at the fashion shows is really a time to put yourself out there and make connections that can actually come in handy down the line. Um, And also just maintaining my relationship with brands, I think, is really important. Also, with the brands that I'm wearing and my daily looks, I think that's really a week where there's a lot of eyes on me. And therefore, I want to be wearing brands that I really care about supporting and brands that I care about giving a platform, whether those are like female brands, indie brands, smaller labels that maybe people don't know about. But yeah, of course, I mean, I care about what I wear to Fashion Week and I put some thought into it and I really want to wear the brands that I love and feel good wearing. Are there any brands in particular that you're really excited about right now? There is one website called W Concept who's been such a great, great team to work with. Um, They carry a ton of brands, mostly from Asia and South Korea, um, but mostly small brands that no one has heard of, which I love because I know no one else is going to be wearing that. Yeah, you get to like, no, you get to wear something different and like you get to be the person who discovers it. And yeah, so I love that sense of discovery, um, especially during fashion week. So they've been a great one, a go-to for me for fashion week dressing. Okay, we'll have to check it out. What excites you most about the changing landscape of the fashion media industry? I think what excites me most about this changing landscape that's always changing is that I'm never going to get bored with my career, frankly. I think someone like Eva Chen is the perfect example. You know, she started out in this traditional publication editorial path at, you know, Lucky Magazine and these print mags. And now she's working at Instagram, you know, and if you would have asked her 10 years ago, like what she would be doing in 10 years, Instagram maybe wasn't even a thing yet. And she wouldn't even know she would be working there. So I think the fact that I don't even know what I'm going to be doing in 10 years and whatever I am maybe doing might not even exist yet. I think that's what's really exciting about our industry. David Carey in the recent Business of Fashion podcast talks about advice for entry level or right out of college students looking to break into the industry like you know what what he recommends and he's like summarizes what you just said like it is for people who like change and who don't want to sit in a consistent job or company because mm-hmm. every company in the fashion industry keeps changing and yeah. i look at our business I look at our business, and I sometimes quarter by quarter we change. Oh yeah, and you week know, to week. <laughs> yeah, week to week. And everyone on our team is like so eager and excited by that movement. But if you are someone who can't stomach that, then fashion likely isn't the right fit for you because there are certainly industries that are slower to change, mm-hmm. and you can get comfortable and understand it. But you know that's that's a part of what I yeah, love about I don't running college. says as well is it's yeah. just like always changing. There's no linear path in a fashion career. There's so yeah. many different zigzags and curveballs, and you don't really know what you're going to be doing. I agree. I want to ask you a couple questions from our community members who were so excited that we were having this interview together. So the first one is from Emma Marlowe. And her question is, how often do you get pitches for new brands, products, and what makes a pitch memorable? Man, I'm inundated with pitches day in and day out. My inbox is exploding, both on email and DM, from brands um, near and far and products near and far. I think what makes a pitch stand out to me is when it's not really a pitch at all, when it's more of just, 
hey, you know, say a PR girl has a few different clients. Hey, I'm working with some really exciting clients. I see you've done this, this, and this, and I think I can be of help to you. Do you want to grab a lunch, grab a dinner, grab a coffee, get our nails done? Like, let's meet each other and get that face-to-face connection. I think that's what really makes something stand out to me. And the brands that I work with most are the ones that I have that personal connection with. And when I see their name pop up in my inbox, I'm like, oh, let me open that. Let me see what they're pitching me today. Let me see what they're up to, what they have for me, because I know them and I've worked with them before and I've established a relationship. Um, So I think really, you know, if you're coming from the PR side or the brand side, just knowing to make those personal, meaningful connections in whatever way you choose to do that is really what's most important for standing out. Great advice. Okay, this question is from Sunny Solano. You were majoring in merchandising and got an internship at Refinery29 assisting a contributor. Can you talk about how you managed to do that? Sure. Um, It's kind of a funny story. I was scrolling through my Facebook feed and I was actually looking for an internship at the time because at LIM senior year, um, you have your full-time internship. We call it a co-op. So I was on the hunt for that. And next thing I knew, a friend of mine posted and said, hey, my friend Lauren Crusoe works at Refinery29 and needs an intern. Is anyone interested? So I think I commented and said, me, 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 pick me. (laughs) Got the interview from there. Um, Again, it's it's sometimes all about who you know. That person connected me to Lauren and we set up an interview um, once she reviewed my material. And I actually was really late to my interview. I went to the wrong address because Refinery had just moved offices. Oh, man. It was pouring rain, nasty like it is today. Um, I remember showing up at the wrong place and panicking and calling my dad and saying, I'm soaking wet. I'm late. I'm, I've ruined it. I've dropped the ball. My dream internship is totally off the table. But luckily, I guess Lauren saw something in me regardless <laughs> and... Somehow I got it anyway. I don't know. One of those universe things, I guess. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's the worst when everything just goes wrong on yeah. such an important day. <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been so fantastic. I really appreciate all of your insight, and we're such huge fans of yours. And thank, thank you, you for that means taking so time. much. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. That's a wrap. A huge thanks to Alyssa for joining us on College Fashionista's Office Hours. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. We will see you all next month for a very exciting guest. Bye.